You know, I have never forgotten what you said at Arium's funeral. That one of the reasons we joined Starfleet is to reach for the best in ourselves and each other. And I have never seen anyone reach for the best in others quite like you, Michael. Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I'm one of your hosts, and with me is Johnson, our co-host. How are you today, Johnson? I am doing okay, I think. All things considered, I am okay. What about you, Mike? Oh, and we should explain why to our listeners why our audio quality is a little bit poorer than usual. Oh yeah. So this week we are recording on our phones via Zoom. Uh Mainly because our internet service provider in Manhattan is having some issues today. So yeah, um, struggling. We had struggling. Yeah, our uh, our upload speeds were not conducive to doing this any other way except through. Uh, I have Verizon. I don't know who you have. Do you have Verizon? Is Verizon sponsoring this podcast this week? Is it Verizon? No, I have Spectrum. I thought we. I thought uh, you said you had Spectrum. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Inter- yeah. Internet at home. I have Spectrum. But well, right now we're on our phones. Who's your phone? Provider? Oh, I have no. I have T-Mobile, the, the uh, best okay. 5G network in the United States, <laughs> according to the commercials. Okay. According to the commercials. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, so we're on our we're on our phones this week uh, recording. And uh, we know it's been a little bit of time since our last episode. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot going on in our lives uh, the last month or so, and it's really impacted our ability to do this uh, on a regular weekly basis. So we apologize to those of you who've been kind of hanging out wondering what's been happening. I'm sure everyone is like, where is the latest episode of Deep Space Pride? Where is it? Where is it? Well, uh, we are still here. We're just super we crazy with life. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that in Dishing with Deanna after we spill the truck on one of the Discovery episodes. And uh, so we're let me just break down for you, for everyone, what we're going to do. So we're going to try to make a little bit shorter, more digestible uh, episodes to kind of catch up with uh, where Discovery is right now. So we are, today we're going to talk about episode five die trying and uh, obviously if you are up to date uh, we're recording on Sunday November 29th which is the end of our Thanksgiving American Thanksgiving uh, holiday so uh, so yeah we are um, we're a bit behind on episodes 
Uh, we've probably texted a little bit about the, the episodes. Uh, in fact, I watched one of them and was giving you live updates on Slack. Yes, a, about yes, I remember. As I watched it. Uh, but we're going to go back and catch up. So we're going to do these in slightly digestible times, uh, time frames and do this week. We're, this this episode is going to be focused on episode five, Die Trying. We're going to do an episode uh, later this week on episode six, which is Scavengers. And with that, we'll also talk a little bit about what, what we've been tracking lately. And then uh, we'll catch up to Unification 3, episode seven. And we'll talk a little bit about some other stuff that we've been digesting uh, in off topic with that episode. So we'll make them a little bit smaller. I don't know if they're going to be shorter because we have a lot to talk about, but there is uh, a lot. It'll it'll make editing maybe a little bit easier for me. So, um, so yeah, so that's what's what's happening. And so why don't we get right into spilling the trek on episode five, Die Trying. USS Voyager. Jay, that's the 10 generations of evolution. 11. Love to hear those stories. Uh, let me bring up the CBS All Access um, summary, which is uh, after reuniting with what remains of Starfleet and the Federation, the USS Discovery and its crew must prove that a 930 year old crew and starship are exactly what the future, the new future needs. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty, uh, pretty succinct there. I, I mean, I went through it thinking as I was rewatching this today, I was like, you know, I'll probably pick out two or three things that I want to talk about in this episode. And then I have a whole page. Well, the back of an envelope filled with notes. Oh, um, wow. That's a lot of notes. Every, I know. Notes. It is a lit litany of notes. So um let's jump right in um what did you think about uh the federation as we are introduced to it yeah so i really enjoyed the first part of the episode where we are basically introduced to the new federation slash starfleet headquarters i guess they're very conflated now but sure um, I really like the intro there. I like that, you know, I loved all the little Easter eggs. Obviously, the Voyager J, I was like screaming. And the Nog was obvious. I didn't see that on screen. It wasn't until later that someone pointed that out and screenshotted it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, but things like that, I really loved some of the small details that they put into the episode. Starfleet headquarters itself, Starfleet Federation headquarters, whatever. Uh, itself looked really cool. It was very unusual, the conical shape of it. I thought that was interesting. Um, it's certainly a departure from any previous Starfleet or Federation architecture we've seen in the past. But I thought that that was, it was cool. It was, um, I thought that that was interesting. And I also really liked our introduction to Admiral Vance. And you can, you know, they kind of did a good job, I think, of making us understand his position where he was like, I don't know you people, <laughs> you're randos and I can't just give you all the Federation secrets. You know, like he basically had to be very careful with introducing this new crew to the Federation family because who knows what they're like. And since the Federation 
slash Starfleet is in such a precarious state, you know, there's a lot of risk. So it made sense. I did not like the second half of the episode that much, the whole fetch quest with the seeds and the, the non thing. I don't really care about command, commander on. Is she a commander? Yeah, I, I don't. She's commander, yeah. I don't really care about Commander Non, and you know, it, it just didn't. It didn't sh- strike the emotional chord that the episode wanted me to feel. She was like getting all teary with Michael. I was like, "You two barely know each other. We've barely seen you interact that much." And it's like we expect, you know, now we're expected to feel all these emotions now that you're gonna stick on the seed ship or whatever. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Um, so it was like the second half then, yeah, kind of fell flat for me a little bit. The whole fetch, again, the fetch questing, I'm like, all right. I mean, the whole seasons, there's a lot of fetch questing. Um, but the whole emotional aspect of things, and I know I've been like bitching to you about this, like basically every episode, every episode of season three, I have realized there is crying. There is legitimately crying. There are tears. I'm like, why are there so many tears? I just don't understand. Not everything needs to be so emotional. I don't get it. Like in the, like all the other series, there are definitely emotional moments. There are never tears. They're like very rarely tears. There are tears, sure. But there are all these like really traumatic, heartfelt moments, especially in Deep Space Nine, where it's like, oh my God, like, there's a lot of these like, moments that's like not, you know, it's like very traumatic, you know, very like revelatory in terms of like deep, secrets right barely in tears here it's like people are crying left and right i'm like oh my goodness people get it together put it in a box lock you know lock it lock it with the key throw away the key smash the box and put your feelings elsewhere i don't need to see all these tears like every like every conversation you know like sometimes these these moments just don't feel earned to me like the moment that we talked about last time when, you know, Tilly and Michael had the moment and Tilly was like, oh, I feel like you let us go. That was earned because there is a strong relationship between Michael and Tilly that we've seen. You know, we've seen that develop, evolve, whatever. So it made a lot of sense. And you can really feel the impact of the moment where they, were, they knew they were coming from different places and they know that there is this chasm between them now because Michael has been, you know, gone for it, quote unquote gone for it here. But here I'm like, oh my goodness, I barely know Commander Not. I don't know anything about her. She doesn't have a relationship with Michael, like who cares? Bye bitch, you know? So anyway, um, so the first half of the episode worked. It was cool, interesting. The second half did not work as well for me. Anyway, that's my spiel. What about you? What did you think? Well, I'm gonna do them in reverse order since I've got something that kind of ties into what you're talking about. I had the same feeling for Non that I kind of had for Ariam's departure, right? It's kind of like a one episode spotlight on the character when when she's been around this whole time. And this is one of the things that I think uh, I've said in the past that Discovery is doing really well is that they're building out the people in the universe to make it feel more Uh real, I think. So I've said, just like Deep Space Nine did, you know, 200 characters over the course of seven seasons with DS9, you know, I think that really brought to life that piece of Star Trek universe. Uh, Here, I think they made the same mistake with Nan that they did with Ariam in that, you know, you see her for an episode and then you say goodbye to her. 
right? Mm-hmm. Arium obviously died. Um, again, that was sort of tied into, that was tied into the whole control issue. This was almost, it almost felt like we have too many people kind of hanging on to the ship and we can't develop all these characters. And so mm-hmm. we need to say goodbye to some of them. And, uh, and Nan was one of them having come from the Enterprise to, to Discovery. And I mean, there is a scene where uh, Giorgio and her are talking and asking why she's still here. And not from this episode, from a previous episode. And Nan is like, I'm here to kind of honor Arium. Right. And, and the sacrifice that she made. So, yeah, I think I agree with you that this, this farewell to Nan is uh falls flat i agree that it falls flat but i do want to say you know even though that we don't perceive a relationship with them i you know in their farewell and and i'm not talking about the crying but just the the words the crying, that are said to one another. continue i know i know you can't you can't stand can't. the crying but i hate, but I hate for crying. me for, for me the words are the uh the killer here um and actually what Nan said so poignantly and so accurately was uh, she defined Bar- Burnham in, in this one sentence, and I'm uh-huh. going to say it in a second, that really resonated with me. Uh, it, you know, Burnham has been the central character all through the episode, uh, mm-hmm. all through the, the series. She's been the kind of the def- definitive, she's number one on the call sheet. Uh, but we've never, we've seen her do all these actions. And I, I think this will also explain, this also explains her past actions. And I think it also explains her future actions specifically in what happens in the next episode, scavengers, and even in unification three. But, um, Nan says to her, I've never seen anyone reach for the best in others quite like you don't ever stop. Hmm. And those words really resonated with me for a lot of different reasons, partly in my past where I've, you know, as a manager, as a leader of people, that's something Mm -hmm. that I've always strived for inherently and Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. never had it put so finely a point on it as uh, Nan did. But I think that 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 really defines Burnham. She is someone who looks at, she does reach for the best, but she also expects the best from people. And, may, and, and expectations are, you know, the thing about expectations is people can live up to your expectations or not, but it's, uh-huh. on, not on, it's on you for having those expectations and uh-huh. not on them for not living up or living up sure. to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really felt like that was, that really signified what Burnham's all about is that uh-huh. she, um, she, she has a moral and a, a moral compass that she follows mm-hmm. that is always true north and she it she doesn't take into account a lot of the effects of her actions because of these these this sort of north pole leaning um way about her and so i thought that, that was really powerful and, and i also thought that you know what burnham says to her and I think this is you know pretty obvious I think you know I really hope our paths cross again obviously I think that we're you know we're we're, we're likely to see Nan again at some point in the future um I mean Rachel Anturel is a great actress and mm-hmm. she did a great job with Nan even though we don't really know her too too well right um 
So, and again, you know, uh, the same thing with Arium, you know, we, we kind of learned a lot about her in the beginning of the episode is in mm-hmm. this case, it was the middle of the episode where Nan was like, Oh, this air, you know, you're coming with us because this air, this is a Barzon ship, you know, or the Barzon crew is manning it. So, um, again, it's, and then she kind of says, oh, I wish I'd gone, gone home before we came to the future. All these things that kind of yeah. came out, came out because of the moment, not because it was uh-huh. intentionally built out before it came to this point. So, um, so yeah, so I felt like it was kind of empty in a lot of ways, but uh, I did like Nan. I did like her, you know, I, I'm never going to fault having a, a powerful woman and as a security mm-hmm. officer. Uh, I think that's awesome. And, and, and really she did kind of fulfill the uh, role of chief security officer um, on the ship. So we, you know, one of the things about this and, and we find out next week, you know, uh, chief science officer like they're using all these titles all of a sudden so like where are we gonna where's our chief medical officer you know all don't these, know you know don't know all of these things that uh kind of have um popped up but uh i thought that you know non did a great job as far as from a security aspect mm-hmm. of, of running things but um yeah i think she was she was under under utilized underdeveloped but I think Discovery right now has a problem with there are too many characters and we have a whole bridge crew of characters that is, have been with us since episode three. And we need to fo- go back and start focusing more on them and building them out because all of these ancillary characters coming in and out are really kind of taking away from time where we could focus more on them. And, and thankfully we're seeing a lot about uh, Detmer you know, even in this episode, we saw a little bit about how she's struggling to get the ship into the right place in the ion storm. So, so she can get, uh, so that they can get a tractor beam on the ship, on the, what is it? The Z-Koth? The T-Koth. T-Koth. So, um, so I think they need to go back and kind of, you know, if if I'm, if I were, leading this show, I would say, you know, we kind of need to clear out the extra characters and really focus on, on, um, on our core bridge crew here a little bit more, but, um, so that's my feeling on non, but going back to the beginning, the seeing the Federation, that was wicked cool. I mean, yeah, it was very cool. Breaking, breaking through the distortion field and you're like the problem, the frustration I have, I loved that is that mm-hmm. I want to see these ships up close. I and know. We're, seeing them, was, we're yeah. seeing them through a viewport or through a view screen and they're, yeah. you know, they're not super clear. And so, you know, of course we rely on the internet to tell us that the USS Nog was right next to the Discovery right. as she pulled in. Um, right. Um, but so, did, did you see that uh, illustrated poster that the Star Trek, I did, yeah. the Star Trek Instagram page posted? It was like much clearer than what we are able to see in the show in terms of the yeah. Voyager Day and the Nog. Um, I do, I do, you know, I, I think the show has really great special effects, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes the way that the, it's like the way that they filter the effects sometimes is really hard to tell the details. So yeah. I was like, oh, I want, because I'm like, yeah, I want to see, be able to see the details. I want to, you know, what is Eagle Moss going to do? Eagle Moss needs these details to, like, you know, make their whatever. They're, like, miniatures. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle the detachment cells. That was That's interesting. 
Sure. But, yeah, uh, that's a you know that's a big debate. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's it's cool. No, I mean I liked that you could tell like the board Voyager especially you can tell that is different, but still it has a very like angular primary hull shape uh, that is so recognizable. Yeah. You know, I really love that. But yeah, yeah, I totally wish that we could see more details. I'm ready for a Voyager J technical manual. You know. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, yeah, I think we're both we're both people who love looking at ships, and you know, it's not only the exterior. I want to see the bridges on these ships, um, but that also brings up one thing that I'm critical of. And although the special effects are great, I I I think they're almost too much at times. And I, you know, we'll, we'll see that more in future weeks with the new communicators and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, I, it was almost overwhelming to see the whole vastness of Federation headquarters and all the ships that you could barely make out. But also, I think even when you get to Federation headquarters or Starfleet headquarters, you you know, the programmable matter is kind of coming into effect in a lot of ways. Right, like right, it, right, right. I, I get frustrated because I'm thinking, like, these char- these actors are working in a big green box. I know, yeah. You know, and, and you don't really get to see any of this stuff in it. And I'm like, yeah, that I guess that saves money, does it? I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, you built I, a I'm... whole enterprise bridge, but you can't build a starfleet headquarters like i don't know you know it's just that's one of the things that i kind of get frustrated with is that it's almost too much right and you know i'm in the same mind where i'm definitely less is more and i think a really great example this is a star trek podcast now a star wars podcast but if we had to compare the prequels you know the george lucas prequels to the mandalorian which you know definitely there are definitely a lot of special effects of mandalorian but they're they look super realistic, you know, like they seem very natural. Like they're supposed to give you a sense that this is um, an environment that can exist. Um, and it's there to support the narrative in a secondary way, right? Versus the prequels, which, you know, sure, the special effects support the narrative, but they're so overwhelming that they potentially can overtake the actors are on the screen, you know? I don't think Star Trek is there yet, but I do think that it is like on the verge of becoming too over-reliant on the, you know, how far they can take the special effects right now, where, you know, like you can tell, you can do great storytelling without all the bells and whistles. You don't need all these, you know, the most, I think the most beloved episodes of Star Trek are probably the ones that, you know, probably don't have like a lot of special effects, you know? So right. I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, there are, don't get me wrong. There are cool moments. Like, you know, when we saw the Voyager J, I was like, oh my God, in Scavengers, yeah. like there were some moments that it looked just really epic. Like, yeah. you know, some of the set pieces, you know, like, when, yeah. oh, not, this is not to talk about Scavengers, but even when book ship, like it's like modular and it transforms. It's like a transformer. I was like, uh, okay, yeah. I did not see that coming, and that's really awesome. Well, it transforms to fit into Discovery's um, uh, shuttle bay, so it you know it transforms even, even in that way. I don't recall that, but then like when it was yeah. like you know when it was like firing on the facility in Scavengers, and then it went through this narrow corridor, and then it just you know 
remodulate it into a different shape i was like oh that's really cool they're all moments yeah. like that don't get me wrong like i'm like all right that that's pretty awesome but yeah. i think it's just like too it's sometimes it's like too prevalent it's like just all around that it can become a bit extra yeah and then yeah. for me that sort of takes me out of the story when it's too too much like you know i i'd rather them be in a physical set and have a green screen that they're looking out over the over the uh space outside of this of this space station in the middle of of it all and and have them do the special effects out there rather than the special effects in the room where you're kind of it's just distracting also um, you know i can we can we have a different color other than white and you know like Mm. They're all in gray uniforms, like very gray uniforms, everything. I mean, it's very clean. I get it. It's the future. You know, I, I understand. And I do think, you know, it would, you know, things like that would be kept up to a very high standard, but it just felt very sterile almost, uh, right. almost too sterile. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of, yeah, the uh, seeing all those ships was great. Uh, seeing the Federation headquarters, that's actually really awesome too. I mean, Eagle Moss is going to have a great time building that. Uh, I know. It's so interesting, though. It's a complete different design than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a few other, you know, the other story besides Nan, and obviously the first part of the episode is focused on getting to the Federation, them not being trusted, which mm -hmm. I agree with you. You know, Vance, Vance's motives are, are pretty clear. I can't help but side on the side of... Uh, Barnum on this one and feel like you know I'm almost being put upon or you know why don't you trust me like I get mm -hmm. there but I I fall on this I, I'm glad that they gave that reasoning but I still fall on the side of the discovery feeling like we just traveled a thousand years in the future to cover all this stuff and yeah you're you're being you're treating us like spies right so right. um I kind of, but I do like Vance a lot. I, I think he's a no nonsense, but very fair mm -hmm. uh, commander in chief. He doesn't, he doesn't micromanage, which I think is yes. really, really important because he didn't tell Saru what to do uh, mm -hmm. in the next episode. You know, he kind of, uh, he, yeah, he kinda, was just like, figure it out, which I, that's yes. why I kind of like, you know, a good boss for me is like, here's like kind of what you want you to do. You figure it out. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Yeah. You know, no I nonsense. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the only other, well, so then there's the, so there's a non-story in the second half. We've got the Federation in the first half and kind of bridging the two is what's going on with Giorgio, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And obviously there's a lot of talk about this on the internet. I have, you know, thinking that, what does this mean? You know, are we going to go back to the mirror universe? Is she going to go back to the 22nd century? Is she, you know, what does that all mean? But they, and this time on this rewatch, I kind of caught it and I wanted to go back and I didn't have time to go back and get the exact um, diagnosis. But they did tell her that there is something wrong with stem cells, something about stem cells in Terrans that degrade over time. About, like, basically something about their genetic makeup makes their naturally, make them, make them, makes them naturally aggressive and different from humans in the prime universe. Yeah, but also that there is a fault in that and that it, that it is causing the downfall or the deaths of 
of Terrence or really there yeah that. that's the way I took oh. it I'll have to yeah and this was a hologram not this wasn't the the strange guy with the glasses talking this is when the David Cronenberg I didn't even re- I was like why does it look so familiar I was like creepy oh, as hell creepy as hell he was so creepy but um, I thought that he he did a good job being a foil though because he he you know you don't, we don't know him but he definitely had an air of gravitas where he was he could stand on the same level as Giorgio, you know, and challenge her. Like I thought that he did a good job, even though it was like you yeah. know a two minute scene. Um, he did a great job. He really did. Yeah, he's definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, there's this thought in some people's heads: did they? Did he do something to her? Possibly. You know, we don't know yet what the, what his motives are. He is a right. Terran expert been studying mm-hmm. it since he's a boy he's obviously a much older man now so he's been studying it for a while there hasn't been a crossing over in 500 years so that's interesting mm-hmm. um so maybe she got maybe she has to go back 500 years to and maybe that's where i think there's a lot of questions about where this section 31 show is going to be set what time frame yeah yeah. Um, 500 years earlier than this would be kind of interesting. That would be after Picard's time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be kind of an interesting place for it to land, but we'll see. Going back and watching this episode again, actually, mm-hmm. and I said it earlier, really helped me identify more and more with Burnham and who she is and what she's about. But it was great to see her on the bridge in the gold uniform uh saying black alert and and taking the the crew on this mission to get those seeds so that mm-hmm. was really cool to see her in command of the ship so kudos to that you know i know things change over the next couple of episodes which is uh totally understandable given the circumstances but uh but it was great to see her in command however briefly but uh that was the other scene that really stood out oh there was one other scene as well uh, the Jet, Tilly, Samet scene back and forth between the three of them was just great. Yeah, when they're trying to solve the mystery of that scientist. Yes. So Dr. that was Addis, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were a lot. It was a lot of fun to see the back and forth, and and Lieutenant Willa, the the security chief for Starfleet, was there saying, "You guys are dysfunctional," and they're all, you know, they're like, "That's how we work." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too. Um, so that was a that was a great scene with with the three of them. So, anytime you get Jet and Stamets in the in a room, you gotta you gotta stand back and just watch the the fireworks. Yeah, it's always it's always a show. So uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on Die Trying. I, you know, I, watching it again, I really I think I enjoyed it even more. I was paying more attention to some of the details, trying to trying to pick out the ships, trying to you know, see the nuances and see the things that I hadn't picked up on other viewings. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a good episode. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, the second half of that episode, not as excited about, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, uh, obviously they proved their worth and uh, also great to see Hugh Culber on the away team. Uh, oh yeah. He has something to do. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's had something to do. You know, he he's he's sort of becoming the de facto counselor, right? Of he never ship. like goes off the ship that often, right? Like, yeah, that's rare. That's very rare. Yeah. Um, so it was great oh, to one see thing, him. 
one thing we didn't touch on is this little mystery box that they dropped with this lullaby member. Oh yeah, they, I did, but, that's right, yeah. But yep. we haven't touched on that since this episode. That hasn't yeah, been brought uh-huh. up again. And I'm like, is that coming back? I mean, I would think so. And it probably it may have something to do with the burn. I have no idea. But it was just like, yeah, like the episode before we we saw um, how Adira um, knows the knows the song, and now it was Commander. Was it Commander Nan? Where or it was the it was the um, it was the Barzan family. family that was sing, singing it, and Michael recognized it. Yeah, and and she did ask Lieutenant Willa about it, and and Lieutenant Willa knew a little bit about it as well. Um. So it's it's definitely sparkle, uh, speckled, not sparkled, speckled around the Federation somehow. We just don't know how or why yet. I'm wondering if it's something, you know, some sort of mind control or programming that all of these people went through at some point, or you know, something that yeah, something that might be part of the might might be part of the overall plan of what happened with the burn, but. Uh, and we did get in this episode, it was 120 years ago that the burn happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that puts it at like 3069. Is that correct? Where are we at? 3188? We're at 3189 now. 3189. Oh, yes. 160 so, years ago, is it? 120 years ago. 120 years, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So 3069. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so uh, we sort of. So have hopefully, a, we have that's a a, that's something they go back to. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, I, again, this is the burn is sort of the overarching theme of this season, uh, and uh, at this point, uh, up to Unification Three, we're over halfway through this season. So I was just about things, to say that, but I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Of course, we're not talking about Unification Three. No, we're not. But we're we're in. The timeline we are we are only six we only have six episodes left of of discovery which is uh frightening to think of all that needs to be happen um but yeah uh the song is definitely something uh interesting and 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 one final thing i did write down the song and i forget about that um but the the other thing i think was really poignant was at the end about when um saru talked about the renaissance and Giotto and helping people look up mm-hmm. and that he, he's hoping that the discovery will help people look up. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, you know, it, there's been a lot of speculation and comments about that. This is not the universe of hope anymore. And I thought that Saru bringing that up and saying that almost saying that we're, we're the ones that are bringing the hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that was uh, really poignant and really nice to see. In fact, I would have actually, rather than said die trying, called this episode die trying, I would have rather it been called looking up. (laughs) I think that would have been uh, a better tie-in. Because I think the die trying is the uh, father saying he's going to die trying to save them or find a cure for them. I didn't make a connection, but sure, I believe you. Um, yeah, I really, I, I feel Saru after he, ever since he lost his fear ganglia, 
um, he's become just so much more confident and wiser. And I think he's making a great captain so far. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. And we'll talk about this later on. Uh, I think, yeah, he's, 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 how do I want to put this? He's almost a little bit too by the book. He is. He is very by the uh, book. And uh, that's, that's what I'm struggling with. And he's, no, he's no James T. Kirk. He's not, no. But Picard was also pretty by the book sometimes. He was, he was very, very respectful of the book. Like he didn't yeah, like, I guess I just like, I feel like this is a little bit harsher. I feel like this is a little bit stricter, like a little bit. But it makes tighter. sense because like particularly in the next episode where he where he demotes Michael, he they're in a new situation and they needed yeah. something to prove, right? So it, it makes sense where he's like, No, we can't just disobey orders. We just got here and we just earned yeah. our trust, you know. Uh you there are instances where you you don't request permission and ask for forgiveness later, but I think that right. those are instances where you can actually ask for forgiveness. You know, in this case, it's too early to kind of do something that already push that may put your relationship with Starfleet in jeopardy. Right. Yeah. No. So. I understand. I understand. I just, and even even uh... Michael said that it was the right call through teary eyes. I'm like, okay, great. I'm more <laughs> Again, next episode, but next whatever. episode, right, right, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our our talking about die trying. Yeah, I think that we yeah, I think we're good. Shall we uh, spend a few minutes talking with uh, Counselor Troy? Yeah, sounds good. Let's go. All right, let's let's go dish with Deanna. Come in. Hi. You got a minute? Sure. So, Johnson, what's been going on with you? I know we we alluded to a lot going on in our lives at the top of the show, uh, but do you want to share a little bit more about what's been going on in your neck of the woods? So, there's been a good amount going on. Um, I think the most that's been going on has probably been with my family. So, um, about two weeks ago, my dad had to go to the hospital because he was having some issues breathing due to some swelling that was around his abdomen. Um, and I actually didn't even know that he actually has some heart issues. I didn't even know that. But the heart issues are what's causing the swelling. I was like, oh, interesting. Because um, whenever doctors have asked me about my family history, I'm like, oh yeah, they're fine. They have no issues. And then I was like, wait, what? Like my dad has heart issues. But he's also like 90-ish, like over 90. So it's like, uh, you know, who doesn't have issues, you know, when they're like, whatever. So so yeah, he was, he, he went to the hospital about, at this point it's been about two weeks. Um, he went there, he got better, but then some other issues popped up that got better. And then he got colded from the hospital. So it's like suboptimal. Oh, so man. now, so now he had to get transferred to the COVID wing and now he's there and it's really suboptimal because I mean, well, he's, I mean, thankfully he's asymptomatic. Right. I think that's a good thing, but that being that said, 
he can't leave yet. He can't leave the hospital yet because he can't quarantine. He's so old that he needs help at home. So even though he's asymptomatic, if you're usually asymptomatic, you can go home, you can quarantine yourself, you know, watch out for like any emerging symptoms, but otherwise you just need to quarantine after 14 days, you merge, right? But he can't, he can't quarantine because he needs to be taken care of. So like logistically is not possible. So that means that he needs to stay in a facility like the hospital. Um, where someone can take care of him because my mom can't do it because A, she's old, but B, she's also, I've said this before, no spring chicken. So she can't expose herself. So yeah, so now he's stuck in the hospital. I'm actually more concerned about his like mental state than his, because physically he's actually doing all right. He, he was actually doing better today than yesterday. He's been incrementally improving every day, getting stronger in that sense. But he, um, you know, I do not think he's having a fun time in the hospital and it's like really bad for him mentally and emotionally. Um, that being said, I did go see, you know, I, go, I did go home uh, this past week for Thanksgiving um, and I introduced my mom to the internet and it was crazy. So she, I got her an <laughs> iPhone. I actually got her an old iPhone, but she started to use it more. So actually just bought her like an iPhone 11 today. Like I was like, okay, you, you're, you're starting to use this more. You know, you should get a better phone, bigger screen, whatever. Um, but and she just started to the internet. It's like taking someone that's living in 1990 and then transplanting them to 2020. And it's like, what is all of this? Like, how do I navigate this interface? What? I touch the screen and I do this to scroll up. What is scrolling up? What is this additional content I'm seeing that is below the fold after I take my finger and move it up? I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's just like, if you think about it, it's just like, this is, you know, we, we've been exposed to this for so long. So we've been like learning it incrementally. And, you know, the whole point about user design and interfacing is that you, you're learning, you can, you know, it's natural, but it also presumes that you kind of know some fundamentals, right? You kind of understand that you tap on a button to click on it, you know, like things like that, which you take for granted, but she's never used a computer before. She's never tapped on any interactive buttons before. So it's like, and she's like hitting it really hard. I'm like, no, just tap it, just tap it. Because she's hitting it so hard that like, it's bringing up a different menu. And she's like, what is this menu? I'm like, no, you don't want to, you don't want to delete the app. You just want to tap, tap the app. And she was like, what's an app? And I'm like, okay, it's a tool, you know, it's, it's basically like just, it's, it's a utility. I'm trying to explain this in Chinese. So it's like, so I was doing all this. Um, the reason why I bring this up is because other than introducing her to technology that's 2020, um, she's also now, we're now we're able to FaceTime with my dad. So like we're able to see him and he sees us and I think that's helpful um at least so we're gonna i'm gonna try to do that once a day at least just kind of like you know so so he can have someone to talk to or at least hear someone's voice um so yeah so that's what i'm dealing with right now for the most part um the other thing and i can actually say this because by the time that this is published um it's it'll be known um i got a new job so that's the the other thing so yay i got a new job um so i got I was I've been interviewing um for this position at a different ad agency and I'm starting actually in January so I'm I'll get I'll get like a um a little bit of a break um so I'm excited for that I've never 
it's been so long since I had like a break where I haven't had to think about work. Um, even earlier this year, I went to Australia for two weeks, but work was on my mind because we had some deadlines and I was like, all right, I got to like review stuff when I go back to the hotel. So it's been, so I'm, and, and I've been at my current agency for seven years. So over seven years. So it's been a while since I've had the chance to even have any sort of break. So I'm looking forward to that. And then this agency, it's, it's just going to be a new environment, new clients. I'm going to be doing B2B. So that's completely different than what I'm doing now. And uh, I'm excited to learn new things. But in any case, yeah, so that's the other big piece of news. So that's, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. I'm very excited. Thank you. I've been, um, so that's been, so with all the things that was, that was going on, that was going on with parents, concurrently, I was also like interviewing, putting together like a mock presentation. It was just like a lot. Um, so at least one thing has been settled. Um, and now I just need to figure out like, you know, my parents' situation. But that's mostly it, I would say, in terms of what's going on with me. But it's a lot, in any case. Yeah. Um, that's but what about lot. you? Yeah, what about you, Mike? What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, the big thing right now in our lives is uh, Dennis's mom is in hospice care uh, at home. So that's been a big uh, change, I guess. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, hospice care is kind of end of life care. Um, there's no, you, uh, you make the patient comfortable and hopefully not in any pain, but there are no, you know, no medical interventions or anything like that. So it's just kind of to help them ease their passing into the next life. And, um, so he's been going out there every day, um, to, to be there his brothers are there and uh so that's been a lot and and um so yeah so we're just kind of going through that process and then on the work front it was just super busy I mean obviously I so busy you know, so busy two events uh two major events uh were completed as of a week ago so you know this past week has been much lighter and obviously I've had from uh, from Thursday through today off for the most part. So, mm -hmm. um, that's been really nice, uh, to have that, uh, downtime, but I'm actually, and now I'm actually experiencing that, that feeling when your weekend ends and you have to go back and it all begins again <laughs> on Monday. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and it's a, you know, it's a race from here until another race from here until, middle of December. And then, uh, so, uh, with, uh, you know, with the Christmas break in there. So, uh, yeah, so it's a lot going on. Um, a lot going on personally, a lot going on professionally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot and, and taken up a lot of our t time and energy, which is why we haven't been, why I haven't been able to Find time to meet up and podcast yeah but we no, still eight, chat when yeah. an episode comes out we we oh yeah chat a little bit about stuff but uh we we haven't even we chatted some except for that one episode where i like was doing a play-by-play -play as i was watching mm -hmm. it with you mm -hmm. um but yeah uh we really haven't had a lot of time to talk star trek yeah so um aging but parents. i did go out i did uh aging parents but I did, I've yeah. had some time to kind of, some downtime to watch some 
TV and do some other things, which I'll talk about in another episode. But um, yeah, uh, tomorrow yeah. is Monday and it's back to the grind and back to uh, back to work. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot personally to, to kind of balance between having a having a um, parent who's dying is uh, certainly mm-hmm. certainly challenging. So. Uh, and then it's had... also in the midst of a pandemic still. So that just compounds everything because right. I, for you, Thanksgiving was just you and Dennis. And, you know, for me, right. it was just me and my mom because we couldn't be with my dad. So right. it's just like, you know, there's that's on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we, we still are in a pandemic and it's, uh, yeah definitely uh you know yeah it's a a time where yeah and i mean fortunately i had you know dennis did come home so he did have thanksgiving he was out at his mother's for thanksgiving day i um i actually went for my normal my now second annual 5k turkey day run so i did that um, so yeah and uh then i came back and i uh did some cooking for for dennis and i and dennis came home uh, and we ate dinner together. So, um, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was a definitely a different holiday. Uh, definitely, mm-hmm. it's been just a different time in general. Right, right. Uh, right. But and I and I feel for those people who live alone, who mm-hmm. are apart from their family. Obviously, you know, some people didn't take the advice and did travel to see people numbers that i'm seeing are still climbing for covid yeah um even in new york you know we're approaching like three and a half percent um statewide so uh you know that's a little concerning it's about yeah so um yeah so i feel for all the people who didn't have someone to kind of spend the holiday with or 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 chose wisely not to you know Right. Um, not to travel so um yeah but we are still in the midst of all of that um although it was i think it was this week we had a third vaccine from from the uk come out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more choices is always good and this one has some different benefits than the other two do so uh, we'll kind of see what happens but uh yeah not that I think that, you know, a vaccine getting approved is going to suddenly make everything go right. Cause it's not, it's going to take a while. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're going to be in this situation for a, a while longer, but um, I think definitely, I'm certainly... through winter, definitely through the winter. Um, hopefully by springtime, there'll be distribution of some sort, but I mean, the essential yeah. workers are going to get it first. I mean, we're not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and the elderly, I think, are people who yeah. are most most prone to. Like your dad yeah. would be a good candidate for. But now he has it, so oh well, too bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about what's going on with uh, with me. Obviously, we both had a lot going on, um, but we are going to try to record these. I don't know how micro these podcasts are. We I felt like we talked, this is over an hour. Talked to, has it been over an hour? Oh, God. I think so. So um, we're hour. catching up, but, uh, you know, we'll have some, 
we'll maybe we'll try to trim down the other ones uh a little bit uh, we'll see obviously we love we'll talking about track yeah and uh, next episode has some great lgbtq moments so we want to yes. we'll talk a little bit about that so um yeah so i guess that's it for now uh, yeah thanks for joining us do you want to tell people how to get in touch with us if they have some thoughts on die trying or anything else we might have covered in this episode yeah so everyone you can reach us through emailing us at dspacefried at gmail.com or you can reach us through twitter and instagram our handles there are just at dspacepride but yeah hopefully uh, we'll hear from you guys and if we do we'll do our best to get back to you not that we All have right, anything well, else not, not because we have nothing else going on we have nothing else nothing. going on exactly yeah. nothing yeah all right well thanks for joining us everybody we'll see you again next time bye Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.